Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Coming up on this bumper of an episode, we'll be talking to the man who finished third at the Dragon's Back race last week, Matt O'Keefe. We have multiple reports from Amy, who literally cannot stop entering races. We've got marketing rank from Saucony. But before all of that, Amy, I've been reflecting after my last song of the podcast. That was a 10cc cover. And you know, Amy, mm-hmm. the kids love 10cc, they don't do. they? Yeah, they absolutely do. They're so modern, they're so hip. So I thought, what could be better than another cover from 10cc? Um, I had an idea for this, which frankly should have been like the first thing I did. And I should have thought of it about two years ago. So this song is dedicated to Reese Jenkins. I was running down the street Concentrating on striding right I heard a dark voice inside of me And I realized in a state of fright I saw my life and it's bad I've missed so many chances I looked me up and down a bit And finally realized I don't like running Oh no I hate it I don't like running No no I hate it Don't you go to park run Got to stay indoors now Don't you pull on those shoes Cause you don't need to run Well, I looked down at my new medal I thought, why did I bother? I threw it out with my running shoes Vowed not to purchase another And then a race came, I signed up I don't know why I did that, I can't help it I'm back in, I'll be running once again So far from home I say I don't like ultras No, no I hate them I don't like ultras No I hate them Don't you get in my way Don't save me from myself Gonna run through the woods Cause I ain't over it yet Oh, that was amazing. Well done. No, it was, uh, honestly, you can, that music, sorry, I I say musical theatre degree, it's music theatre degree. It was technically music theatre, yes. yeah. That music theatre degree is coming into its own. I mean. Yeah, my tutor would be so proud. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You could probably, like, send that off, 
for your dissertation at the end of a degree and get a first or something it was fantastic I mean, yeah it was or... probably better than anything I did in my degree because <laughs> that was a complete load of bollocks it was a completely shit degree how, but yeah but how long did that take to actually record because when I spoke to you last you were like <laughs> you told me you were recording the backing vocals was this for this or for the Patreon yeah song? that was for this yeah I like I did like the main I could kind of write it and then I had to like sing it through a few times and get it right and then, yeah, I thought, oh, I need to do backing vocals. Mm-hmm. So I need to do those as well. I need to add those on yeah. and try not to make it sound too bad. So, yeah, it's good fun. But, Amy, even more excitingly, I've got one for you soon, which oh. I'm still working on. Oh, my God. And it's very complicated. So it's going to take fucking ages to work out this oh one. Oh, my God. So you're like the songwriter for this. You're yeah, like, basically. Well, I keep, doing songs, <laughs> I keep doing songs for me. And I think, well, Amy needs to get on to some of this action as well. Yeah. And it's uh, utilising some of your unique talents. <laughs> so, um Death. Hopefully, that we want for Amy coming up very, very My soon. My unique talents. <laughs> yeah. And um, before we get to the catch up of the last episode, Amy, you've just made yourself a cup of tea before we started? Yes, I had to, as I will be talking about in just a moment. Um, what, what, what was the tea? I am very dehydrated, and what is getting me through that dehydration is it's Bird and Blend Bonfire Toffee, which I have all the Ooh, time. Nice. And that's kind of boring, but it is my favourite. And. It reminds me of autumn. Uh, I have it in the summer anyway because I, I like autumn's one of my favourite seasons. It just reminds me of bonfires, as the name suggests, in autumn. But we're actually coming into autumn, so it's soon going to be very apt for the season. But it's a nice, you know, year round tea. I as might well. have some in the back of my cupboard, so I might have to dig that out as well. Uh, I've got some uh, imperial spice tea, which I bought in the Cotswolds recently from a shop called Tea Inc. And it's very, very nice. Nice kind of uh, ginger and cinnamon and cloves and that, all that kind of stuff. Mm, that sounds very good, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bit early for That's spice, I think. No, spicy. no, never too early for a bit of spice. <laughs> this is coming from someone who had pizza for breakfast. I did, we'll, I did have pizza. I imagine we'll get to that. Oh, my God. Don't remind me. And actually, you know what? The worst thing about the pizza for breakfast is I thought I was... Wait, pick- worst thing? The worst thing was I thought I was picking up my um, normal pizza that I normally have, which is like a mushroom peppers and stuff like not hot peppers like normal peppers uh but by mistake i picked up spiced jackfruit pizza so that kind of ruined it i'm not a fan of spice on pizza and i'm not a fan of jackfruit i don't know what it is this obsession with vegan food with jackfruit in it but i'm not a fan of it so it kind of ruined the pizza for breakfast uh moment to be honest jackfruit is bullshit okay Mm. Anyway, there was a good reaction to my suggestion last time of DuckTales as a mid-run banger, and it absolutely is, and we'll come back to that later on. Our clubmates from The Rhythm, which is the ultra that I did a few weeks ago, they also responded, uh, Jen saying she lost three toenails after the race, which is pretty good going, and Bernie, who just said her feet were bullshit. (laughs) Now, my big toe got really bad in the week after that, actually. It got really bruised. I said there was a stone, just smacked it right on the side, on the side of the nail bed. And basically underneath the nail kind of swole up for about a week because I it, it wasn't until about the Friday afterwards I realised, oh yeah, you're supposed to take like, if something swells, you're supposed to take ibuprofen and put ice on it. Mm-hmm. Didn't occur to me. So I had this really swollen nail bed which pushed the nail up like a good half centimetre. Oh. It was really painful for a few days and it just didn't really occur to me to ice it because I'm a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone down now. It's fine. It's just very black and all kind of bruised around it still. So that's terrific. Oh, lovely. Lovely. No pictures of that, please. I've had quite enough of seeing people's manky feet lately. So, <laughs> uh, Also in that route, what I really enjoy is on Strava and looking at the flyby, especially for a route like that, just to see where all the people get lost. Because uh-huh. I, I went the wrong way a couple of times. So I was looking at the ways that other people went just out of curiosity. And I saw Bernie, who's our friend, who was supposed to be running it with you. And she just got, got to the last five, six miles. And she did a bit, a little bit wrong that I did. But she just went down a road. And so she just skipped out 
are like five miles of trails just to go down a road. And I, I mentioned to her, she said, oh yeah, that was intentional because my feet were hurting. So I just wanted to run on the road. I'm like, I don't think that was an option, though. <laughs> I don't think you can just skip out. I mean, it was the same distance. Yeah. But you can't just change the route. <laughs> you can if you're Bernie. Bernie can. I think we should go and take the medal off her. <laughs> I know, she's, uh, she's been changing the route to qualify her. <laughs> she's rogue. <laughs> We've also had a tweet from Gabby Nea who says, Finally caught up. Goodness, so much misery. Brilliant. Stu, go shoe shopping for the sake of those poor feet. I'll mm. run an ultra with you. I don't shut up ever. You'll get a PB to get away from me. Amy, oh. awesome work. Thank you, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, I am considering now I need to buy new trail shoes because they're like half a size too small. But it's so annoying because they're still in good condition. They still probably they're do me for a couple condition. of years. They're not in good condition if they're too small, though. That's, yeah, that's I know. Not good but it's, no, it's the fact they would last like another couple of years, probably. But uh, they break my feet. so it's Yeah, your feet wouldn't. <laughs> I just have to spend another shitload of money on more shoes that are kind of fine. But ugh, mm. fine. Um, run an ultra with me? Yeah, okay, sure, maybe. <laughs> I don't sharp ever. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's... Better or worse than just running on my own with no one. <laughs> and Amy, awesome work. Well done. Everyone loves Amy. Thank you. <laughs> um, to go on to this week's bullshit, I'm just thinking, I've just seen all of yours. Yeah. I think I'm just going to bang through mine first because you've go got ahead. the stories. Yeah, I've got the stories. Because as we said, Amy literally can't stop entering races. <laughs> so like following re- the ultra, I've got to say recovery has been relatively easy, weirdly. I think it's something I said, with, um, said to Matt on the interview later on. After like an ultra, it seems you don't really ache. Nothing hurts as mm. such, unless you've kind of got an injury. You're just kind of very, very tired. So I think mm. actually running a few days afterwards was kind of okay, weirdly enough. So you always expect to feel like absolute shit after an ultra, but it's always like, it's, it's fairly okay. I just don't want to do much for the next mm. few weeks. I think as long um, as you've been like, because I think with ultras, it's often a bit easier to hydrate and fuel because there mm. are like aid stations and you're very aware of it. And there are walking breaks when you can like consciously get a drink. Um, and you're not going as fast as you would in a road race. A lot yeah, of the time, it's the intensity so. that really kills the muscles. Yeah, so I think that's one of the main reasons why it's often easier to recover recover after an ultra, just because you've been fueling and hydrating and all of that. Yeah. Um, some of the other things went on. There was uh, the Welsh Road Relays, a big club event. I went to that, but I didn't run, which is the best way to do it. I just organised other people to run, and they said they enjoyed it to my face, at least. I like those events because once everyone finishes, when they come back and they give me that look, the same as they do in lots of other races, they give me that look of like, oh, the fuck did you talk me into this <laughs> love that that's why i do it uh, i spent like uh five days in the cotswolds which was lovely it's so english there <laughs> i mean i know i'm english and when i think of so english you think of like fat topless men in like st george's flags and uh, drinking beer but this is like the other kind of really posh english mm. and it's just almost too english in places it's just ludicrous mm-hmm. and my celebrity spot for the week was rob walker the commentator that was very exciting he's the guy who does snooker and athletics and all kinds of different sports now so i kind of heard him coming first because he's so fucking loud uh, and but that was exciting because i was gonna say i had to like yeah. google who he was and i recognized his face vaguely, yeah. but i recognize his voice more. you'll definitely recognize voice, the voice because yeah. he commentates on everything um yeah. we were actually staying next next to Jeremy Clarkson's farm as well, like one field over. And the first thing we did when we got there was trespass on his farm. So that was fun. Yeah, amazing. Um, A big thing that we didn't do, which is really annoying because we found out there is a backyard ultra in West Wales. This is one of these races where it's a 4.2 mile lap and it's on the hour every hour we have to start until somebody wins. Everyone else is a DNF. 
And we were like, I think, should we do this? Should we do- I think we should do that. I think we, mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe. And we kept going over it. And I said, right, I'm going to do it. I think you said you're probably not going to. I was talking I myself said, into it though. The day, yeah. that day I was talking myself into it. I was really up for it. And I went to enter and I went on the website and I was like, well, I can't find the fucking enter button. This is such a shit website. Fuck's sake. Right. I'll go to the Facebook page and complain. Sold out. It sold out that morning. Oh. So pissed off. So sorry. You don't get that content, everyone. There's no Backyard Ultra from us. Mm. And maybe, maybe another time. <laughs> Because that would have been such a stupid idea. I mean, just worth it for the content. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I said about the ultra recovery, I didn't want to do any intensity till like the end of the month. Well, I just ran a 5k PB. <laughs> hey. uh, it was entirely accidental because it was William's first park run. Mm. So when you've got a dog harnessed to you, especially a dog that loves to run, um, I kind of, I knew I'd start off fast. I think we got through the first kilometer in three minutes, 45, because he pulls so hard. Um, and I just kind of thought, well, I'm not going to really, really massively, massively push myself. I'm just going to run at kind of a comfortable pace with him and letting him pull me. And yeah, we ended up doing it in 20 minutes, 45, which is a two second PB for me. But I'm not including that as a PB. That's that's like a downhill or a wind assisted mm, PB, frankly. Mm. Dog it doesn't assisted, count. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, very much dog assisted. And with about a pause for about a 20 second wee as well from him, not me. But to be fair, with like even dog assisted stuff, you still have to keep the cadence going. You still have to keep up yeah. with your dog to some extent. So, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's like running work. downhill. You you have to run. Your legs have to keep up in a, at a pace faster than you're actually able to run. Mm-hmm. So it's still fucking hard work. I think my heart rate still peaked at 202. Mm. So I still worked pretty hard. But I think on my own, I would have run. 22 and a half 23 minutes so yeah it's crazy um, and when we got to the end we got to the last corner and it was a three lapper so i think he was getting annoyed by that point got to the last corner and i was like come on come on come on let's go let's go let's go usually i can get him to a sprint finish and he just wasn't he was basically just trotting ahead of me then mm-hmm. no pull on the uh, lead and just looking back at me like again seriously <laughs> but he got across the line and he basically just kind of went straight on his side to have a big pan and he was really he was really happy his tail's really wagging i've just put the video up on youtube mm. He was absolutely delighted. He absolutely loves it. He just, he's not used to that kind of intense short running like that. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to doing a lot more of that with him. So an accidental PB in a month where I'm definitely not going to run fast. Nice. <laughs> Amy, all of the races. Oh God. So, why? Oh, why? So what, what, why? F- four weeks ago, you did an ultra. Yeah. 40 miles, four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then two weeks later, it was this first one. Yeah. So I was, I said on the podcast last time that I was going to go do the Y Valley Tunnel Run. It was called something like that, um, which was a 10K. But the the, st- the start times were really weird because you had to park at like, or meet at this area. like, And then you, it was like a mile walk and to the start line. And it worked out because I was going to get the train over there. And then my friend Jen was going to pick me up. And it just, the train times weren't lining up. So instead mm-hmm. of doing the 10K, because it was going to be impossible to get there in time. I did, because I double booked myself. So I did the other race that I'd booked, which was the Bristol Epic 8-hour race. So because uh, you couldn't get to Chepstow on time, you yeah. went somewhere that's twice as far away. I got a lift there. The only good thing was like, before, okay. uh, uh, you know, mentioned to uh, our usual mention to Liz Reese on the show. Uh, Liz Reese was going along and she lives literally around the corner from me. So I could just hop in and get a, a ride with her. So it was that was absolutely fine. She's um, handy like that. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that was so the, the eight hour race was as many 3.3 mile loops as you can do in eight hours. So it was roughly four loops for a half or eight for a marathon. And then Ooh. anything over that would be an ultra. Um, and my plan going in was to do an ultra. I was like, you know. Well, you might as well. Yeah. And, and eight hours to do. Um, I can't remember how much. I can't do the maths off the top of my head. But it was like 
what, 26, 27, 28? It was like 29 miles something by the end of the, the ninth loop. So that was like, I felt like eight hours. That was pretty achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the course had other ideas. <laughs> uh. Uh, it was like, I don't know why. I always have this idea that everywhere is going to be like Cardiff or something. But it was like in the hilliest place ever. It was so hilly. It was just like, they used the term undulating. It was not undulating. There were fucking hills in it. So yeah. basically- I was surprised by that because this yeah. is a race I actually entered last year mm. and was supposed to do this year, but I chose the other ultra because I don't want to do more than races in like two weeks like you do. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I assumed like an eight hour loop. I thought it'd be a re- a fairly runnable course is yeah. what I expected. Yeah, so yeah. I was surprised to see this. The, yeah, the hills. I, I, there was, the thing was annoying as well. So let me first say, okay, let me first describe the course. So there were basically three awful hills. There was two really awful hills. And then a final hill that was awful because you'd run the other two awful hills. Yeah. So the first two awful hills, like one was up this narrow gravel path. And I don't know how long it went on for, but it went on for a long time. And then you had a bit of flat. You could run a bit, a bit of downhill. And then you're going up this other one that was not as long as the gravel one, but really, really steep. Like really like hands on knees steep but towards the end of the day because it was just exhausting. And then mm. finally you had a hill um, going up through a field, which after running those hills, it just killed you off and then roughly i would say about every mile you had a hill but with a loop you're doing that over and over and over again i think by the end my elevation was like three thousand feet of elevation something like that yeah yeah it was a lot yeah and and the the more so and the thing is about it it's not like i said it's not like a very steep hill and then you're running flat so you can get like a good few hours of running in before you've got to walk again it was like constantly stop starting because it was like every mile you were hitting a hill that most people were walking up particularly towards the end um but yeah i was just gonna say like it was annoying as well because there was people doing a relay so (laughs) you'd see people shoot by you up these hills and think why are they going so bloody fast and then because we had uh, in order to uh count in each loop we had like a wristband on that you'd hit Mm -hmm. against like a, a phone on a pole to, to yeah. like log in and out the loop and those doing the um the relay had them on like a lanyard so they could pass them between each other so you see someone shoot by you and then you notice they had a lanyard on them i'm like yeah yeah lanyard bastard lanyard bastard you've already had like two hours relaxing and now you're running up this hill of course you are i've yeah. been out here for three fucking hours walking up them um so yeah so the course itself it was beautiful absolutely beautiful out in the countryside near bristol um but it was that the elevation was just horrendous. It was very hot in the morning as well. So I was I had um, two like 500 milliliter water bottles, and I was going through one of those every single lap in the morning because yep. it was so hot. And by the end of the fourth, end of the third lap, I'd gotten myself really dehydrated, and I was like feeling really unwell. And I thought I'm not going to be able to finish this. I'm going to have to drop out at the half marathon point. But luckily, the, the sun went behind the clouds. I, I drank, like, I got to the... Because, obviously, three-mile loop, so there's an aid station every three miles because you're coming back mm-hmm. at the beginning. So I just stood at the aid station. I drank a shit ton of water, and I felt a lot better. It, it was more water than I thought I was going to need because I was drinking on the loops and just sweating it all out straight away. Yeah. It was horrendous. Cool. But then the sun went in the afternoon. It got a lot easier. Um, there was some dangerous wildlife out there. Oh, no. So- <laughs> Amy, you didn't do anything, did you? Well, as soon as, as, soon as the race started... Um, the, the the lady who came up and like announced everything and gave us all instructions. He was hilarious, by the way. She was like mad as a box of frogs. Lovely woman, absolutely hilarious. And she was like, first thing she said was just to let you know I've been stung by a wasp this morning, so please be careful. And I was like, right, okay. And it turned out, and I was like, not really. I was thinking, right, whatever. Um, she's been stung by a wasp. 
of course. Um, but it turns out that through the first kissing gate that you go through, like literally right at the beginning of the, the loop, there's like a, must be a wasp's nest or something. And apparently what they do is they congregate in warm weather. They congregate to, low towards the ground. And then the runners, when they all went through, they swarmed them. Like the yeah, front runners, would, yeah. and about six people got stung. Oh! <laughs> so it was true about the wasps, and quite a few. And when I was going out for like one of my loops, I could hear on the microphone going, "Hands up, who's been stung by a wasp?" And then she's like, "Hands up, who's been stung by a wasp twice?" Because I have today. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, it's all about not about yeah. her. <laughs> but I didn't get stung by a wasp. But um, as I was going through for one of my like like fifth or sixth loops, there was a woman dressed as a nun at the beginning who was near the church naturally and she was like have you heard about the wasps and I said yeah I have kind of and she goes well just be careful because they are swarming more now and I was like great thanks and she's like also there's a bull loose in the field I'm like right okay cool <laughs> great great I didn't really I didn't see the bull but it was apparently lo- there, there was a massive field but it had like a load of trees in the middle and there was a sign up saying there's a bull in the field and yeah. I was just like it's the last thing I need there, there were there were lots of cows on the route but they were like the chilliest cows I've ever seen and I'm quite scared of cows like most people naturally are because they they will come up to you a lot of the time cows come up to runners or chase them mm. or or in, in some times can be aggressive if they've got young but these were the most chill cows ever they just stood there they literally just yeah, stood there. They're the sort most of cows. cows are, yeah. Uh, but you hear it all the time about cows like charging people. Like a lot of oh, people, yeah. people I know that like run places where there's ca- their cows usually have a close call. These were just not bothered at all. Yeah. They were just stood. They weren't even coming over. They were just stood like just looking like, yeah, whatever. Um, so that was, that was fine. I managed to avoid getting stung or trampled by a bull. Uh, cool. so, so in the end, I managed eight loops. So it was like 26.2 miles. Um, I don't know whether I was officially registered as eight loops because I got to the end and the thing wasn't working to buzz my wristband in hmm. and they were asking and I was knackered and they were like asking me to like wait around to give my time and stuff and I was like you know what I don't care I haven't won so I don't care about what it's I'm on Strava so that'll yeah, do yeah I don't care if it appears on the official results so I'm not sure like whether that's affected my rankings on the official results and to be honest I don't care because I'm not going to win um, there was no time to do an extra loop for the ultra because I, I literally finished with about five minutes to spare just because each loop was taking about an average just under an hour. Um, and I walked a loop with Liz as well, which added on a bit of time, which I was happy to do. There's like a bit of recovery about midway through. Um, but yeah, on average, each loop was taking just under an hour just because like, like I said, every mile you had to climb like a massive fuck off hill. Um, uh, yeah, you did do, you did register eight laps and you hey! finished with... Well, you had 11 minutes and two seconds to spare, so oh. to be fair, you probably wouldn't have done that. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't have run another lap after that, no. In 11 minutes, no. Uh, to have a look at the winner, the winner did 18 laps. Jesus. What? There were some speedy people. Really speedy. Yeah. But it was a really Off nice... Wait, oh, that, that was a relay team. Oh, was it? Oh, fuck off. They yeah, shouldn't include the relay yourself. teams in with the, the rest of us. <laughs> of okay, the fir- uh, 14 then. 14. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it was a really, really tough Pretty course. Good. And like I said, it was really warm. But it was, um, it's by, the event was by Aspire Running Events and they normally do really good events. All the volunteers mm-hmm. are really friendly. They always make sure they've got like vegan and gluten-free stuff at the, the aid stations. And afterwards you can like, like they have like a vegan box of just like vegan chocolate and stuff they've just bought from Sainsbury's. But you you can just like grab nice. some before yeah. you go. And there was loads of chocolate bars for people. Like they always do really, really good events. Um, and it's really inclusive because as long as you can run 3.3 miles in eight hours, you can mm. enter. 
and it was quite nice because you were never running on your own because there was always people like you were either overtaking people or people overtaking yeah. you so it felt quite nice as well it wasn't like you're just you know if you're back of the pack a slower runner it wasn't like you were just walking on your own or running on your own the yeah. entire time. And, so. and with the re- the relay runners running quicker than you, that means you're be- at least you're being overtaken. So at least yeah. you're seeing someone. Yeah, that makes a big mm. difference. But even like the normal runners, like I saw some people a few times like who were several laps ahead of me, mm. but we ended up sometimes being at roughly the same pace up the hills and stuff. And I'd have a yeah. chat and then they'd just like run off. And so cool. it, it was a really good event. It was really, really well organized, really nice. There was like cake and tea afterwards because it was a church hall that it was based in. Proper toilets, proper place to get changed, which was always, always nice. Well, I did like, yeah. I, I mentioned Strava. Your Strava recorded 42.18 kilometers, <laughs> which is 15 meters short of a uh, marathon. You know what? So, I did not sorry, Amy, shit. technically, like, you didn't. <laughs> I measure everything in miles. So I just saw like 26.2 miles. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's it. It's done. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do. So that, yes, yeah, so that was the eight hour race. It was, it was really, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I think next time I'll just be mentally prepared for the hills. You know, I think that's yeah. the only thing. Everyone found it like, who I spoke to, found it a really tough race because of the hills. And I think they sort of fooled us when they said it was undulating because it was not, <laughs> that's not undulating. Yeah. That's like. Yeah, I, I fancy giving that one a go as well. Actually. Yeah, and actually it means you can run a bit longer as well. So I normally towards the end of an ultra, I'm walking a lot, but that one i was running consistently the entire time because you had to take those walk breaks mm. so even on my last lap i was still running in the same places that i ran in my first lap if you see what i mean so in some ways it was quite good to have those those uh, hills in there um so i did that last sunday yeah. <laughs> only a week ago now today as we're recording and then um yesterday for some reason, I did a 30-kilometer race, um, <laughs> Raider Round the Lakes race. <laughs> God knows why. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I did these both in a row. I'm not sure. I think it's something to do with, like, booking stuff and stuff getting moved around because of COVID. I'm sure lots of people are in the same position where stuff's been moved around. Most sensible people has po- have postponed or cancelled their place, but yeah. I just think, fuck it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> So, Raid Around the Lakes was beautiful, but absolutely horrendous at the same time. So, it's yeah. um, 30 kilometres in the Elan Valley, which is an absolutely beautiful uh, a part of Wales. Amazing scenery. Incredibly fucking hilly. And the, the issue was, the first four miles were just hill. Were just pure yeah. hill. Like, absolutely ridiculous. And my, my legs were still hurting from, obviously, from from Sunday, you know, because that was mm-hmm. a lot of hills, a lot of running as well. So I really wasn't feeling it. Four miles in, I was feeling like, oh, I'm not going to be able to finish this. And it was quite, the sun came out for a bit as well while we were walking up the first sort of four miles worth of hills. Um, so I, I got really, like, I'm feeling really dehydrated this morning because I think I just didn't take on enough water. I didn't think I'd need that much water. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, first four miles were uphill wasn't that great then lots of downhill afterwards and lots of really runnable bits once you get over that first hill so that was really nice and like i said really nice scenery yeah um, you pretty much hit the top after that yeah. four miles didn't you yeah yeah so and it then was it, it was net downhill from there but yeah. there was still there were, there bumps, was stu- there? still like a few hills but most yeah. of it was really and i was just like walking up all the steep hills but there was loads of downhill loads of like really really runnable bits um but i think my legs just hadn't recovered after sunday so from mm-hmm. about 30 kilometers onwards from my like, from my ass to my toes, just cramped, 
everything was just <laughs> cramping, like hor- so horrendous. And I think what made it more difficult as well was because it was on road, on pavement. Um, so, uh, you know, on concrete, sorry. Uh, so compared to on trail as well and running down here, it was like all of that impact going through my legs over and over and over again mm. on very tired legs. And they're probably the furthest you've run on tarmac, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, consistently on tarmac. I mean, yeah, in some ways it was easier because when you're running, like I'm, I always pussyfoot around stuff when I'm running downhill on trail. I, I'm really overcautious. I'm not, I prefer going uphill than downhill a lot of the time because of that. Um, but it was quite nice being on road because you don't have to concentrate. You can just literally mm. just run and you're not yeah, having to concentrate on where your feet are falling and stuff like that. So that was quite nice. But it, it was, it was like really hard on the legs and stuff. And by 30 kilometers in, I was just in agony. So I had to run like the final 10K, just absolutely in agony. I was still run walking it. There's a horrible hill towards the end when you're going back into the, the village um, that's along a quite a busy road. And yeah. that was horrendous. Like after running all that and then and having to like walk. And if like, like I said, if my legs weren't so crampy, I probably could have run walk that hill because it wasn't that mm-hmm. steep. It was just after all that, I just thought I can't. I cannot face running. I, I started pissing it down with rain as well, which was quite nice cooling off. But also, it was getting a bit torrential and in my eyes and stuff. So it wasn't ideal on like yeah. a busy road. Um, so uh, I ran with the two friends, Jen and um, Paula. And this was Paula's longest run as well. So she'd only run like 12 miles before. Uh, so she did really well. Jen had loads of energy, like right to, until the oh, end. No, like I was, I I was so tired by the end. I couldn't even laugh without, like laughing was painful. Yeah. And she was like rapping and singing, like yeah, let's go. And then as we were driving, rapping, yeah, she was like, oh, no. well, as, and then as we were driving back, I can see where you get it from. As we were driving back afterwards, you, we went past Penavan. She jokingly said, "Oh, do you guys want to climb Penavan now?" And we like laughed and went, "No." And she goes, oh, she goes, seriously, though, if you guys said yes, I probably would have been up for it. I'm like, Jen, we've just ran 30 kilometers up and down the chuffing hills and you want to go up Penavan? Are you fucking mad? But uh, so, yeah, so we were some of the last finishers. Um, I think we were like four fifth from last or something. But to be fair, it was a relatively small field. There's only like a couple of hundred. And from mm. the people that were starting, there were a lot of very serious club runners there. You know? you know what? It was basically all club runners yeah, from what yeah, I saw. Because yeah. I, was, I was there because Holly ran it and a few other friends from the club ran it. And like everyone, I think everyone that I saw come in was a club runner. And I knew it was going to be tough for you. I knew there was going to be a good story from it. Because all the guys that came through, I guess because they're at the front anyway yeah. and they've, they've raced it hard. But they were ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there were so many guys that come through and, you know, they kind of got across the line. And then they kind of walked towards the tent to get their medal and stuff. And like their feet were dragging along the ground. I thought, oh, a few, a few of these guys nearly went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So I wasn't too bothered about, um, even if we'd finished dead last, I wouldn't have been too bothered. Because of the field, I was like, yeah. Because I was looking at um the the finish times from last time and i saw that like the finish times were all around like the last finishes were all around like four hours 40 and four hours 35 so we did it in four hours 25 we were on track for doing it in four hours 10 but then my legs just gave up and that like added on that extra 15 minutes but yeah when i was looking at before i did the race when i was looking at the results i was thinking to myself because when i've been doing training on trails and stuff like obviously it's a lot different but i've been sometimes 18 miles can take me five or six hours if it's on trail and a lot of <clears throat> walking and stuff and a lot of very slow running um so i was thinking am i even gonna finish are they gonna pull me from the course so 
I think what I wanted to do on the day was I just wanted to finish. I didn't care if I was last because they didn't have any cutoff times. They just said it was at their discretion that they'd pull you from the course. And I was like, yeah. right. <laughs> I don't like that. I, kind I was of, annoyed you know what, about though? that. I didn't know, but apparently this event normally takes place in March. And because it's been postponed, that's why it's this time of year. So I can imagine that part of the country, depending when it is in March, there might sometimes be snow. Um, so I wonder if it's because if it's a good day, they'll let you carry mm. on. But if it's snowing in really bad weather, they'll pull you from the course if you'll take, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. They I think that just needs to, <laughs> yeah, have a cutoff or don't have a cutoff or make it very clear yeah. what the reasons were. Cause it said, if marshals are at risk, I'm like, well, if the marshals are out at six o'clock in the evening, is that a risk? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't it depend on the marshal and stuff and, yeah. and where you I, are in yeah, the race? Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. Like if you're still, if it's five hours in and you're still only halfway, then I get it. Cause it's quite very remote, but if you're always yeah. already at like Elan village, like you're nearly done. It's, you know, and you're, it's, I, I don't yeah, know. So that was in the back of my mind as well. That I just wanted to finish. I didn't want them to pull me from the race. Cause I am, I am going to be a slower runner. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't too bothered about that. Like I said, it was a very, very like intense field. Um, and just a shout out as well to this lady, this lovely lady who we were walking up the, the, the four mile hill with. Um, and she was telling us about how she was behind and she caught up to us. Um, and she was telling us how, you know, she expects to be dead last and, and she's now in her sixties and stuff and she's slowing down a lot. Now she's in her sixties. We got to the top of this bloody hill. She's like, right, I'm going to take advantage of the downhill now. Gone. Didn't see her again. <laughs> fucking gone. Like a lot of people that were in like our little back of the pack runners, we'd overtake them, they'd overtake us and we'd see them. But she was just gone. She probably finished first in her age category. She was, didn't yeah. see her again. Um, so yeah, and then the final thing was that I love that instead of a t-shirt, we got a buff and a little bag. Much yeah. for her, much for a lovely buff than another t-shirt that doesn't fit properly. So yeah. Yeah, another square t-shirt to go with the other, all the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could buy a t-shirt if you wanted to, which is always a yeah. nice option for people. But yeah, the buff is really nice as well. So I was pleased about that. Cool. So yeah. So <laughs> no more. Races so in four weeks, weeks, you ran an ultra 40, yeah. 40 miles. Uh, two weeks later, a marathon. A week later, a thirty k. Yeah, and like in between, like the. I did a bit of running in between the ultra and the eight eight hour one, but then between the eight hour one and this one, I didn't do any running because I was so knackered. I was just recovering yeah. for this one. So, I'm I like think, yeah, zero. your weekly Strava has been like sixty k zero, fifty k zero, thirty k or something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like I just, it's taking me so long to like recover after each one. But that's it now until beginning of November. If I do another this, ultra, yeah, if I do this, you know what though. <laughs> Doing that ultra, yes, not ultra, doing that race yesterday has made me think, like, am I going to be ready for the 30 miler in November? So we'll see. Because I've only got a few more weeks to do, like, my long runs and stuff. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, there we go. It's good for content, and that's the main that's thing. The main wow, thing. we are going long on this episode already. Uh, we need to get to our guest. But before we do that, we want to remind you we'll be coming at you live and in person on October the 15th in Cardiff. And there are still a few free tickets available for you to be in the audience. Yes, Woodstock, Live Aid, Nebworth, Little Man Coffee. You can say you were there. So oh. just head to runningisbs.com forward slash live and grab your ticket now to see special guest Reese Jenkins plus some of our other favourite guests, i.e. just people that were local and available. Um, so they'll be there too. So give us a shout in advance as well if you're travelling in from outside Cardiff and you need any local tips, uh, particularly if you need local tips on places to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one later <laughs> on. 
So the dragon's back race is truly a monster. It bills itself as the toughest race on the planet, which a few others do too, of course. Uh, but we'll throw in some numbers just to remind you of the context. Yeah, so over six days, runners cover 380 kilometers and more than 17,000 meters of elevation. That's more than 14 marathons and more than twice the height of Everest. It starts at Conwy Castle in North Wales, and this year they added a sixth day and the finish was in Cardiff Castle. I was actually lucky enough to get home from an event in time to see about a dozen or so runners making their way through the park near my house, about four miles from the end. Um, our guest this week is someone who passed through the park much, much earlier than that. Let's go over to him now. We are delighted to speak to the man who not only finished third in the Dragon's Back race, but more importantly in my eyes, someone who was nice to me and my clubmates after we spectacularly failed at the fell race we talked about a few episodes ago. So thank you very much, Matt, for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm not sure I'll be nice to you now, though, because I've just listened to the previous episode where you called me out for my bad orienteering. I don't know if... Uh... I didn't say bad. I just said mine was better. So... <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> if I can take one thing, I think... Uh, I can, I've beaten a man in a very small way who finished third in the Dragon's Back. So that is true. I've, I've got to have something. Um, so we'll kick off with the usual... Um, a little bit about uh, your running background and kind of what led you to the point where you thought running the length of Wales for six days seemed like a good idea. Um, I can, well, I can talk about my running background. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you at any point that I thought that running the length of Wales was a good idea. <laughs> I can tell you how I got there, though. Um, so I grew up in, in Snowdonia, in South Snowdonia, in Towin. Um, I was pretty outdoorsy when I was a kid. Um, um, did a lot of running without realizing it, I guess. We we have the race to train in, in, in Towin, which you might have heard about. I'm not sure. Yep. It's a race against a steam train, brilliant race. It was like the main event in town. So I used to do that. Um, I've found out that I ran in the Welsh Cross Country Championships a couple of times. Don't really remember doing it. But, <laughs> was uh, it just when you were a kid and it was just a run? Didn't yeah, it? it was just one of those okay. things because I, I did all sports. So, you know, played rugby. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's seen me that will surprise them. But I played a lot of rugby, I played a lot of football, played badminton, did some orienteering through the scouts, um, just just did everything. But then we got the internet when I was about 15 and that kind of killed all of that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think like a lot of people, um, I came back to it with Parkrun. So my brother, uh, I was just looking through now to find out when this happened, but in 2011, my brother went to the Cardiff Parkrun, um, had a brilliant time said why don't you come along next time so yeah so that's what rekindled it i think 2011 and went along i i've looked at the results i ran 24 minutes for Cardiff Park Run, my first my first one having not run anything at all um and i've checked i've run basically that for the last 5k of the dragons back on the same course so that's not <laughs> things bad. have changed somewhat yeah it's not bad yeah um and then this is the bit that always annoys everyone because it took me nine park runs to break 20 minutes um, with no other training. Um, and then once I'd broken 20 minutes, so I was racing up with my brother at that point. Mm -hmm. We were quite similar speeds. Once I'd done that, I, I kind of stopped again for another three or so years. So you got and, to 20 minutes and you were just like, nah, that'll do. Yeah, well, I got into 20 minutes. I was looking at the people <laughs> running 16 minutes. I thought, that is just impossible. Mm. No chance. That'll never happen. So did other things again. <laughs> Goal achieved, tick the box. Um I went to occasional park runs after that, but I didn't. I didn't do any training, and I didn't get any. Didn't really get any faster. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
I think the, the thing that actually kicked this off properly was in 2015, my work had a few places in the London Marathon. Um, and I'd run the previous year, I'd done my first half marathon. And actually, I think my first race of any kind, mm-hmm. you don't count park run, um, without, I didn't have a GPS watch. I just thought I can probably run 130. Um, yeah. It was a new, <laughs> new half marathon. I run 130 in 40 seconds on that up as well. And I remember because the, the finish line, you, you finished by doing a loop of the rugby stadium in Newport. I remember coming through into the stadium thinking, brilliant, I've done it. I'm going to be under 130. And then realising that I had another 400 metres to go, oh. which was too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the real thing was 2015. I started, I followed an actual training plan. As you can tell by what I've said so far, my intention mm. was to break three hours. But I, didn't, I thought three hours seems achievable. I'm going to go for it. Um, and that's just when it all the time started tumbling. I was mm. running 50 miles a week, which I now know is not a lot of mileage for a marathon, but it seems a lot of mileage at the time. Yeah. Um, and I ran 2.55. I ran 17 minutes 5K for the first time. And that's that just kind of kicked off a whole chain of events that included starting to run trail runs and ultras and fell running and you know just like year on year i've carried on training since then and progressed up to this this point so you you figured out fairly early that you're pretty good at this as well yeah yeah uh yeah (laughs) exactly it makes it a lot easier i'm still waiting for that (laughs) i mean i have the right build for it as well extremely light and skinny um but yeah, obviously I have some genetic advantage here. Mm-hmm. Although frustratingly, not as good as other people. I still do have to work quite hard compared to, to some people. You know, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's, there's always there's, someone there, isn't there? Yeah, there's always that thing of, um, I think the runners kind of mid and back of the pack. We see the people at the front and think, oh, it just looks easy for them. But obviously yes. it's still a hell of a lot of work. Oh yeah, it never gets any easier. You just get slightly faster, but yeah. it never gets any easier. So when yeah. did you become aware of Dragon's Back? Um. So I joined MDC, uh, another weird day, Cymru, the fel- like the main following club in South Wales in uh, 2017, I think. And um, it was kind of myth, like there was a mythology around it in the, in the running club. Um, being in a, a club like that, where you've got people who've done everything, you know, it's a fell running club, but there's amazing ultra runners, mm-hmm. cavers, orienteers, like lots of different outdoor sports. Um, we had several people who'd done the original one in 92. We'd had people who'd done an unofficial one, which they, where they broke into the castle. This is like this famous <laughs> legend that they broke into the castle at the end. And that's why it stops finishing in the castle and finishes in the school or did until this year. <laughs> um, and, but more importantly, we had people who just done it in, in 2017. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy called Gary Davis, who you probably have met. You may not know mm-hmm. him. Yeah, probably met him. Yeah. Um, who actually gave a talk, a slide presentation on how to run the Dragon's Pack. <laughs> it was extremely nerdy and extremely useful. Yeah. Um, that is also where I'm at Simon Roberts, who won the Dragon's Pack as well. Um, he he came along to that talk and joined MDC off the back of that. So I think both of us uh, yeah, owe a lot to Gary for doing that. Um, and then in, I guess it must have been 2019, a, a bunch of people from the club did it. I had mm-hmm. no interest in doing it at that point. And yeah, it looked hard <laughs> yeah. but the thing that that ticked it over really was it, the, the finishing cardiff you know i live in cardiff i live one mile from the castle i thought why not and i'd done a couple of 100ks so i did ccc in 2019 i think 
I think 2019. Um, and it was my second 100K and I'd realized that I just, I don't like running longer than 10 hours. It's just shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just reaches a point where you just don't enjoy it anymore. And looking at the dragon's back, I was thinking each, you know, it's an insanely long way. It is an insanely long way, but each stage, if I run well, I won't have to run for more than 10 hours. So the question is, can I recover well enough between stages that it works out well for me? Um, and the answer now is yes, I recover extremely well between the stages. Um, but yeah, really it was, you know, I looked at hundred milers because, you know, you know this, <laughs> anyone who's doing ultras is always looking at what the next longest thing is. And each time I do one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, not yeah, yeah. I'm not quite there yet, honestly. <laughs> so for me, the cycle is do an ultra, hate it. Yeah. So you're never going to do another one do and then sign one. up for something six months later. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I've had two attempts at 100K and both times it's gone. I can't say it, didn't, it hasn't gone well because I did one in Iceland where it was second. I did CCC where I ran a pretty good time. But I, I didn't enjoy them, the running, as much as I yeah. would have liked. Like, I thought CCC was an interesting, incredible event. Mm. But it got to a point where it just stopped being fun, the running. Um, so I didn't want to... Like I didn't want to just step up and do a hundred miler or something because I was pretty sure I wasn't going to enjoy it. Yeah. Whereas this is something different. Each each day is in probably my best zone. I think yeah. once it, once I go beyond about two hours, I start to get competitive, and then once it gets to about ten hours, I start hating life. So I knew each day was going to be less than ten hours. Yeah. Um, so the question was just, could, could I do each day? Yeah. So this was your first multi-day event. First multi-day event. Yeah. Wow, obviously, yeah, it seems to work quite well for you. Um, the Dragon's Back really was a brutal one this year as well. Um, I, I did a tweet um, on, I think, the Wednesday. Um, the start list, there were 390 runners. The end of day one, there were 248. The end of day two, there were 125. And then only 90 finished the full distance out of 390. So, <laughs> as we said, you know, that obviously suited your... Uh, time between two and 10 hours, but how did you avoid being one of the 77% of starters who didn't finish? Um, I think I had the easiest week of anyone. Okay. It sounds weird to say that having mm -hmm. come third, but um, I, I spoke to Simon right before we started and like, Simon and I, Simon being the winner, Simon mm -hmm. Roberts. Um, we've trained a bit together and uh, two years ago, I was a, actually a lot faster than him, um, but he's, he realized, but he wasn't a runner essentially. He realized that, to actually win these kinds of races, you need to be a runner, not just a hard man who goes a long way. You need to actually be able to run fast. Um, and so I knew he had a chance of, of winning this race for sure. And he knew he had a chance of winning this race. And you could sort of see in his eyes the determination to finish, uh, which I don't have, by the way, to, to win, sorry. Mm. I just don't have that. So we were standing on the start line. We were looking around and we knew who the likely fast people would be. Um, Kim Collinson, who just set the Paddy Buckley record and uh, Marcus Scott, who won it before. Uh, and Russell Bentley, the guy who finished second in the end, who's like an extremely good runner. So Simon basically said, whatever they do, I'm doing the same thing. You know, we're going to go out hard. And I said, I'm, whatever you do, if you go out hard, I'm not, I'm not following. I'm yeah. just not going to be there because it'll kill me. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, so it's, it's, I, I think it's not immediately obvious from seeing the videos, but actually the start isn't in the castle. So there's a ceremonial start and okay. sort of, neutralized like like a tour de france stage is a sort of neutralized part when you actually head out from uh conway out to you you run along the castle walls and the, the, the town walls 
and then you drop down to a place where you did to start, in, mm-hmm. like in an orienteering way. Oh, okay. So your time actually starts when you did, not when the what, not when the race looks like it starts. And they just hammered it along the the walls, the four of them, uh, did together and just disappeared into the distance. And I thought I'm just going to run my own pace, not worry about that at all, and and see where we end up. Um, and it turns out two, two of them just dropped. <laughs> it was just too much. Uh, I kept going at my own pace and my own pace is quite fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I finished an hour and 20 behind, um, behind Simon and, and uh, Russell on the first day. And I, I think that's why I survived it is that it was extremely comfortable terrain for me mm-hmm. and I could have gone faster. There's no doubt I could have gone faster. Mm-hmm. But had I gone faster, I may not finish. My goal was to finish the race. Yeah, you um, could have gone faster. But there's just there was no need because you were in third place and you're basically yes, exactly. comfortably third place. <laughs> I think I looked at I think I looked at I think it was about state from checkpoint eleven on the first day. I think you were solidly third until the very end. Then, yes, yeah, yeah, and that was true for the rest of the race. To be fair, yeah, and uh, you know I, I spoke to a lot of people afterwards who got timed out. And first night it was just carnage because the eleven o'clock. 11 p.m. is the, the, the finish for, for every day. You have to get in by 11 p.m. And there was just like there was a guy in our tent who came in probably about midnight and he said he'd been up on, on Creed Gore, which is a big scramble, you know, it's like proper hands down. It's terrifying. Scramble. Yeah, it is, it is terrifying if you're not comfortable up there. Um, but he'd forgotten his head torch, which is Mandarin's kit, by the way. So Ooh. he should have had a head torch, but he left it at support point. Um, and he'd gone up on Creek Brook in the dark and he'd been on top of Creek Brook in the dark without a head torch oh. at, you know, 10 p.m. And yeah, there seemed to be a lot of people who, because it's not a vetted race, mm. there seems to be a lot of people who probably shouldn't have been in the race. Mm. It's hard to know, isn't it? And I, yeah. I admire that idea of I'm going to give it a go and see yeah. what I can do. But I think there's probably... You know the, the the drop rate on day one. It was extremely hot as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to take that away from anyone. Yeah, but. 142 people on the first day. Yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't have been that high. There was just a lot of people there who just you know. I'm not going to say shouldn't have been in the race because apps everyone is well, welcome mm. to give it a go, but they underestimated it. Yeah, you know, underestimated it for sure. I mean, for 1,100 quid, that's that's a that's a lot to drop on a race. You yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. It's a big actually, fee that one. It was interesting seeing, so I, I paid the fee, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people in the top 10, top 20 had got in through the volunteering. Oh, and okay. I think, so you, they have quite a good scheme actually, where if you volunteer at one of the, the other, mm-hmm. well, at, at the Dragon's Back or one of the other races they organise, so the Cape Wrath Ultra, mm-hmm. um, and there's a couple of others, uh, you earn points that you can then use as part of the fee or the whole fee, depending on how much you volunteer. And it also... A lot of the volunteers were people who were intending to do the race later. We yeah. say so you learn a lot from from doing that. And I think, yeah, towards the front, most of the people were probably people who'd, you know, pro- properly prepared by volunteering and <laughs> thinking yeah, about it. Works out perfectly for volunteers and runners, then, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a really good oh yeah, team. great idea. It is. It is. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was really hot on the first two days, which seemed to be one of the main reasons. Um, people dropped. Um, I happened to speak to someone a couple of weeks ago. I just happened to meet him and he said he was going to do it. And I just kind of said to him, oh, you know, you're doing Dragon's Back. Are you, you know, planning to finish, you know, planning to get to the very end? And he looked at me and just said, yeah, top five. It's like, whoa, okay. Checked wow. his results on day one. He, he timed out on day one. And I found out it was because of blisters. 
And I just feel so bad because <laughs> it's, it's a good reason to drop out, but a horrible reason to drop out as well on yeah, day one. Blisters, blisters on, on day one. Yeah. Uh, to, I'm not the best person to talk about this because I don't get blisters. I didn't get blisters in the entirety oh. of the race. And I'm another one of those people that annoys everyone. I don't, don't get injured and I don't get blisters. Um, but some, some, the state of some people's feet, yeah, it was crazy. And oh. I think a lot of people made some weird decisions. So even mm-hmm. a teammate of mine, actually, Martin, sorry, Martin, um, he wore Gore-Tex socks for the first two days. And now I can understand that maybe if it was really wet and boggy and you're trying yeah. to keep crap off your feet. But yeah, in that sweat and his feet were wrecked. But I think a lot of people just don't wear shoes that fit. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's that simple. Um, yeah, yeah I, I absolutely did that as well recently. So yeah. I understand that. <laughs> How well prepped were you in terms of your equipment and your gear? Did it all work well for you? Worked perfectly, yeah. And I, I just used stuff I'd used before, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, uh, the other part of the reason of the drops on day one and two, apart from the sun, was that it is extremely technical. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a big advantage there of just doing a lot of that kind of running. Uh, yeah. Just fell running and up. Oh, not not off road but off trail running you know yeah. so tra- trail running is a hell of a lot easier than the kind of rock hopping and bog running you're doing on the dragon's back but particularly on day two through the rinogs it's just crazy technical there's mm-hmm. you know that like did a lot of people walking descents um and i think yeah if you're thinking about doing the dragon's back i would say get out on the technical stuff and practice running downhill everyone always talks about yeah. pressing going uphill but practice going downhill because that's the probably the thing that makes the biggest difference in terms of time there's just a hell of a lot of people just not confident going down on the, on the technical stuff which either means you're slow and you only get timed out or it means just much harder on your body because yes yeah. right for too long yeah uphill you can just put your head down and walk up kind of most yeah. any yeah, terrain exactly. really it's just a yeah. case of just getting on with it but downhill yeah you need a lot of more confidence and experience there yeah yeah and we'll hear more from matt later on uh next up uh, a shout out to david sinclair who messaged me to say my last patreon song was the best yet and i asked him which one that was because frankly all the episodes merge into my head and i couldn't remember which song that was and he said it was the 1920s musical style one <laughs> i realized he meant the bare necessities who doesn't know the fucking bare necessities 1920s musical what what Decade I mean, were you I born can, in? What century were you born in, Dave? <laughs> I can kind of see you might get something like that, but come on, it's a Disney classic. Nineteen twenties musical. I don't think they were singing that in he's the music. He's probably musicals. got some gramophone records with it on. That's why. Oh, the yeah, he's probably got that. Yeah. Um. Well, if you want to get as much respect on this podcast as David does, you can donate to us at patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. Um. And I actually thought your one last week, Amy, that was your best so far. Yeah, did I tell the story of Barbie Girl Gate last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we, yeah, we, 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 we went yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah. So that was like you know when when you need to adapt, adapt to survive, adapt to thrive. Sometimes yeah. it, it ended up being abandoning Barbie Girl and not having a nervous breakdown ended up being the best decision yet, artistically yeah. as well as mentally. I, I mean, it did trail off a little towards the end. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, but by that time, I was about five <laughs> hours into this endeavor. It had to. It, it did just trail off because I was done. I was going to bed. <laughs> well let's see what we come up with next time but for this time i had to go with my new running inspo tune which it does this version has some weird instrumental breaks in it so don't worry i haven't just missed bits out and please feel free to add your own woos to cover up mine because they're pretty bad 
David Irwin, Matt Lees, Victoria Magnus, Gabby Thomas, Nair, Penny Simpson, Len, Martin Kirk, Shepard, Matthew Waugh, Elliot Lining, Thompson, Anthony Howe, Ian Hales, Maria Wicks, Matt Newbury, Debbie Hurley, Claire Dean and Martin Kaplan, Gordy Thelwell, Neil Denton, Charlie Neverson, Jonathan Carter, Kel Ryder, Lisa Gibbon, Tim Hughes, Stuart Stevens, Chris Whitmore, Amanda E. Hernandez, Sophie Jakes, Liz Reese, Julia Page, Nicky Genders, David Sinclair, Hugh Phillips, Woo! Carl Fleming, Matt H. Simon Ross, Steph Hall, Angela Foster Swales, Rob Smith, Rachel Bentley, Matt Garner. Clark Gilmore, Max McCarty, Victoria Dick, Amanda Murray Hine, Ivor Hewitt, Rich Sturm, Matt Jones, Woo! Brian Simpson, Victoria and I Phillips, Woo! Bernie McCarthy, Paul Hibbert, J. Ruth KP, Sam Wally, Karen Hamilton, Matt Caffin. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. We do want to hear from you. And we've heard from Ben Timo. Uh, A shout out to him. He visited our home city of Cardiff and sent us the screenshot of his run. Now, where he's staying in Cardiff, to the north is the city centre and an enormous park. To the west is a river with a path alongside its whole length, multiple bridges and parks along the route. To the south is Cardiff Bay, which is surrounded by paths and parks. He chose to go west through an area of Cardiff called Splots, yes, really, and then into the polluted heart of Cardiff's industry, past the steelworks and through an industrial state to get back. <laughs> it's just like the worst possible run you could have done. He's like, it's you know, awful. You know what it looks like? If somebody said, like, show, show me the, the worst part of Cardiff to go for a run. Yeah, me. yeah. And he's like drawn a circle around it. Like here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is exactly the bit you don't want to run round. But he's taking that as, oh, that's the route, is it? Yeah, cool. I'll go around. It's that. horrendous. Like, imagine that is you if you've never been to Cardiff before. Where, like, that's your impression of Cardiff. It's a bloody steelworks yeah. and splot. No offense it's to people horrendous. living in splot, but mm. yeah, it's not an exciting route at all. Like, of it's all not the places he could have done. <laughs> I mean, he's literally his start and finish is next to a key. Like, yeah. which is like half a mile long. He could have just run around that. The key's quite nice, yeah. It's, exactly. it's nicer than the steelworks. <laughs> and he could have, he could have gone onto the coast path. Like, it's not the nicest area of the coast path, but he could have gone onto it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are coming to Cardiff, give us a shout. Let us know where you're going. <laughs> uh, also, don't forget, if you want to pick up a copy of Mark Atkinson's book, Ducking Long Way, you can use the code DuckingBS15. That's one five until the end of September for a cool 15% off at uk.bookshop.org. Yeah, if you're buying your books, get them from a retailer like that and not Amazon. 
No, not Jeff Benzos. Don't promote any more going into space and doing silly things. <laughs> no need. Um, we've got more marketing bullshit, courtesy of Gabby Nair, and this time it's from Sorkinney. Amy, I'm going to read you this paragraph because it's beautiful. The Endorphin Pro Plus is built on the same propulsive engine as the Endorphin Pro 2, yeah. fueled by Speedroll TM technology with a carbon fibre plate and Power Run PB trademark super foam that's p-w-r-r-u-n taking cues from the ultralight minimalist world of track spikes the all-new upper is a luxurious road ready edit with premium suede enhanced breathability and a second skin fit with a lighter weight mesh reduced tongue complexity and printed detailing the endorphin pro plus weighs in at 0.6 ounces lighter than the endorphin pro 2 amazing what does all of that mean? <laughs> That's 17 grams. It's 17 grams lighter. Who gives a fuck? I know. Isn't that something like cyclists care about is being really light? I don't think <sighs> many runners really care much about 17 grams. I, oh, the Endorphin Pro Plus sounds like... Pro Plus, that sounds like medication. It's a caffeine pill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think the, the, the pure... It might be pure and it might be Welsh. PWR, you know, Pur- like the W income brand, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like reduced tongue complexity because, like, how many times you've been doing it with shoes and you you just can't work oh out. Oh my the god, tongue. they're so complex. It's so complex. Yeah, and also, uh, why what drew my attention as well? Oddly, is suede. I, I don't premium I, premium suede. Yeah, premium suede on your running shoes. I don't think any of my running shoes are suede. I think if you're trying to drop weight, surely, surely suede isn't the thing you want also, to go for. That's like a really horrible material to get like wet and muddy and all of that. I don't want suede running, like any suede on my running shoes, you know. Even if it's premium suede? No, definitely not premium suede. <laughs> <laughs> and the, sorry, the same propulsive engine as well. It's a fucking shoe. Oh my God. Oh. <sighs> anyway, let's head back to the man who I first heard of via a mutual friend and I misheard his name and I find it very difficult to think of his real name even when I see it written down. So let's head back to our guest and hear more from Massive Keith. So how well did you know the route? How do you recce much of it? I'd recce everything that mattered to me. So I did uh, the Welsh Thousand Metres, which is a pretty famous fell race um, a couple of months ago and that that isn't exactly the same as day one, but it includes a lot of, of mm-hmm. day one. Plus I'd been over Creek Goch before. Um, so I hadn't done the first section, it was pretty trivial. I'd done the whole of day two um, and I did that with a, a couple of friends, one of whom is doing the race and another one is an incredible orienteer. So we were looking for shortcuts and, and the hard bits. Um, and then, yeah, I'd done, I grew up on the route for day three. So I didn't recce much of it, but I knew the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, day four, I wrecked half of it. I just left the rest because I wanted to see it. I was interested. Yeah. And, and day five is just where I train all the time. So yeah. it's the whole Brecon Beacons. I, there was no one in the race who knew day five better than I did because I've done that hundreds of yeah. times. <laughs> so most of it is the answer. I wrecked most of it. Uh, how did you find day six? Because um, I actually live right next to the, the path that you came down. And yeah. I went out to see um, a few of the runners come past. I saw a dozen or so. And I spoke to a neighbour well, neighbor as well who was doing the same thing. And she said a lot of them said they hated the last day because it was just tarmac and basically flat. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it because I knew where I was going. Mm-hmm. And because it was tarmac and basically flat, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely there's a lot of people. Because um, you weren't allowed to use road shoes. So one of the rules. I mean, oh, really? 
it's a it's a rule that you see in a lot of ultras actually and i've oh, never okay. understood it to be yeah. honest banning road shoes i think I think it's understandable that they recommend that you don't wear road shoes. Yeah. And certainly you wouldn't want to wear road shoes day one and two, but I, if you know what you're doing, I would have run, worn road shoes on day six. Yeah. Instead, I wore very, very road-like trail shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Paul, so, yeah, because yeah, at some point there, they're going to have to arbitrate what counts as a road and a trail shoe, and yeah. is it traily enough? Because I know my trail shoes on wet tarmac are terrible. I've got horrible grip on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so sometimes it's been a wet day. Worse. Yeah. And... You know, people run Western states in, in road shoes all the time and even more technical races than that. But yeah, so I had tra- shoes that were very similar to road shoes, so I was pretty comfortable with that. I think actually, um, if you're going up and down all the time, it takes less of a toll on your body as well. Just mm. that, you know, r- running a marathon it really hurts your body, isn't it? Just the relentless pushing the tarmac. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think most, most of the race isn't like that. You, you, there's constant changes of surface, you're always going up and down and mm-hmm. um, you know it's not it's not such a consistent just 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 run where it's day six what's yeah. that um, and actually the end of day six was the only time i ran the last 10k with someone else uh oren who came came forth and i, I really needed that just to just keep moving <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would have slowed down a lot i think if i hadn't, hadn't had him there i think yeah there is a problem then of um the final part of the race just being too familiar because I don't like running that because I live near it and I run it all the time and I just I get bored running it I, I guess for a lot of people it was new but yeah I mean it'd be parts pretty pretty I think if you haven't been there before a it lot is. of people I was running with said this is actually much nicer than we thought day six yeah um, what I was worried about though is because I run in there all the time I was worried that autopilot would just take me home <laughs> just skip <laughs> just the castle the yeah, exactly. And just, just head back towards my house before I realized it. Luckily, I was with it enough and running with someone else. So it wasn't wasn't actually a problem. But that was actually a genuine worry at the start of the day. It's yeah. like, I'm too knackered. I'm just, just going to end up going home without meaning to. Yeah. Um, we talked before and you said you hadn't watched the daily videos uh, or no. back yet, which I, I do recommend that everyone else listening to this uh, goes back to it. actually just watch everything on the dragon's back youtube channel it's all yeah really, they produce really good stuff yeah. there was some really amazing footage of runners stopping in a bakery <laughs> on as in part of the just to buy like sausage rolls and pies and so that just got me thinking i always like to think about food on these things was there anything in particular that you ate that kind of stood out that was great or bad or anything like that um so i i didn't stop and i regretted it so yeah there are a handful of places where you can stop the main one's machanfest which is probably what they showed Hmm. um i wouldn't so there were a lot of times when i was just craving a coke just a coca-cola that was all i wanted um which wouldn't have been that hard to get at times actually uh i wouldn't say there was anything particularly that i ate and loved i'd say there were a lot of things that i ate and was hating by the end yeah and definitely if i was to do it again which I'm not going to do. Um, <laughs> if I was going to do something similar again, um, I would take a much bigger variety of food, mm. which is advice I was given actually. And I, and I had quite a lot of different types of food to eat, but yeah, just like if I never see a, another rice crispy marshmallow square thing again, oh, it'll yeah. be too soon. <laughs> variety is kind of the main tip there then. That's variety, kind of a, yeah. A big yeah. Event. Absolutely. Even things that you have used for years in training and you're really confident you're happy with. You know, it gets to a point where, yeah, you, you, you just won't want to eat anymore. Because I, I ran for around 50 hours. The slowest person ran for around 90 hours. Mm. And I was eating 
three, trying to eat and mostly successfully eating 300 calories an hour. So like generally one bar, one gel or two bars plus jelly babies and crisps and other things. And basically as much as I could get in. Um, but that is a lot when you lay out, you know, for, if I did a marathon, I'd eat four or maybe five gels in a marathon. I eat 60, 70 plus <laughs> things. Well, at 50 hours, yeah, two, two things an hour. It must have been close to 100 bars, stroke gels across the course of the race. Oh. And yeah, you, you really do get fed up of it. <laughs> and so what are you planning next? You say you're not doing the Dragon's Bag, which we'll wait and see. But um, is there anything next? Because, you know, this is a big event. You know, they... they call this the toughest event in the world it's yeah yeah attracting international attention and you finished third i mean there must be something you must have something in mind for next um i, I in ultra terms i'm not sure yet so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to just running some fell races again mm-hmm. um uh well that said i do have the om which is the original mountain marathon mm-hmm. uh it's a two-day navigational event uh which is a partner's event uh, which I'm doing with Simon, who won Dragon's Back uh, at the end good of plan. next month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'd organised this ages ago. It, it's not actually a good plan. It sounds like a good plan, okay. but neither of us can, as you know, neither of us can navigate that well. So, And it's a wholly navigational race, quite a hard navigational race. So I plan currently is that um, you, you, you generally run about 40Ks each day. So it's 40K, camp in the middle, 40K again. So yeah, if, if we can run 50K, with all a navigational errors faster than everyone else runs 40k then we'll be all right but uh, yeah that's the only thing that's actually sort of booked in um in terms of next ultra event yeah i need to need to have a think about it i think i've learned a lot about where i'm good now though mm-hmm. um so yeah in sort of two two to ten hour range probably okay. not further than that um technical not big mountains. So, so something that fits all that criteria okay. is what, what will be next. Yeah. Am, I, am I going to be seeing you at any of the, the, the short, stupid fell races over winter? Oh, for sure. I love a short, stupid fell race. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to those. I think the first well, the shortest about... and stupidest of fell races is coming up soon, isn't it? Van, yeah. Van yeah, one mile up, one yeah. mile down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which I will be slaughtered by everyone, but that, that is a fun one. Yeah. 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 Um, so to finish us off, uh, Matt, what is the most bullshit thing about running? I so I obviously I knew you were going to ask this. Um, and I made a. I, at first, I thought there's nothing bullshit about running. I just I just love running. Mm. Um, and then I started making less and realised there's quite a few bullshit things. Yes, probably is. most have been covered already. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say. So here's my list, my short list. I'm going to number one. Okay. Race fees for non-fell races. It's crazy prices. Yes. Uh, I think drop, shoe drop numbers, which I'm not going to get into too much, but. <laughs> don't understand how anyone can tell the difference between two millimeters in a soft piece of foam. <laughs> yes. No way. You cannot tell. Uh, just pseudoscience in general. But actually I think my main one is um, people who treat running as some sort of punishment or chore or just runners who don't enjoy running. I, I just know a surprising amount of people who don't enjoy running, but run anyway. So I think like running, if you don't enjoy it, is bullshit. Just if you don't enjoy running don't don't run just yeah just to me it's the people <laughs> yeah it's the people that just push themselves relentlessly and every yeah. run has to have a reason and just everything has to be hard and there's no just kind of just go out run up a hill and just have yeah, a nice time yeah. all the best runners i know are just people who just love running yeah. and happen to do some training as well like some actual structure training but mainly just love running and don't care about Strava bases or whatever. It's just, just go out and enjoy it. Yeah. 
So there so, we go. Yeah. Um, Matt, sure. <laughs> Matt does not like people who does not like running and yet is still a listener <laughs> to this podcast, which is literally what that's about. <laughs> um, so, well, thank you very much. And hopefully I'll see a few races soon. Thanks, Tim. Once again, lovely boy, lovely, uh, lovely guest. Nice Good to man. hear him on. Nice, young, nice, polite young man. And I've heard people talking about doing the Dragon's Back race. And hopefully now they've heard that, they won't. Because it sounds awful. <laughs> oh, just look at their Instagram if you want to see how horrific it looks. Like, amazing videos and stuff that they put on there. But, like, you can see how horrific it is. <laughs> Being on Cribgok at 10pm with no head torch. I mean, oh, I can't even think about that. It scares me too much. We'll do this quickly. Bullshit Ready News. Okay. <laughs> Quickest one, yeah. So if you've heard about the Brighton Marathon course measurement issue the other week, we've all enjoyed making the jokes about the Brighton Ultra. Uh, the marathon course was 568 metres too long. That's a lot. Um, which I've been looking around on Twitter and it seems it was down to the positioning of a turnaround, which is kind of an easy thing to get wrong. Mm. Someone's just put the turnaround point in the wrong place, but 300 metres in the wrong place. Um, But thanks to Mark Atkinson on Twitter, we've seen the plight of Sarah Sawyer and many others who are trying to engage with the organisers who in a follow-up email admitted the race didn't have a UK athletics licence, which means it doesn't qualify for things like London Good for Age or any of the ranking websites because it's not an officially sanctioned race. The postponed 2020 edition of the race, which most people deferred from, did have a license. And now people are arguing, this is a fundamental change to the terms of the race. And is that fair? And should they have done that? Brighton Marathon are also seemingly refusing to answer questions about whether the event was properly insured. Because your athletics license comes with insurance. And so now people think, well, did they have insurance? Mm. Presumably they must have done, but they're not giving out details. So now Sarah, who we just mentioned, she's been blocked by the Brighton Marathon. And her questions she's asked are perfectly reasonable and very polite, but they've, they've just blocked her. Yeah, because they've majorly fucked up. Like, Brighton Marathon is one of the big marathons in the UK. And I know a lot of people do it as a good for age. So I don't know much much about it, but from, from seeing the people that do it for good for age, I'm assuming that pretty much every year it has the UK athletics license in yeah. order to get a good for age. So why would you assume that it didn't have it this year? Do you know what I mean? It is. It yeah. is like... I think all they said was they neglected to apply. So it doesn't... So, but people don't know whether that means they didn't want but to so many, or they like, just that's ri- mistake. Yeah, that's ridiculous because they know full well that so many people are running that race for a good for age because yeah. it's known for, for being like an affiliated, you know, uh, for having that license. Yeah. So that's just ridiculous. It's not like it's a small marathon that not many people do and it's mainly club runners away. It's like, it's a lot of people do that marathon. A lot of people assume it's going to have a UK athletics license. It's yeah, and they ridiculous. also include in that follow-up email, basically they sent you instructions on how to work out what your marathon time would have been. Oh my God. Because he said it was, it was too long by this point to take this time, like the 40K mark to the 42.2 mark. Like, times it by this, divide it by this, and that should be roughly your marathon time. But, like, that's not good enough. They should work that out themselves. But also, it doesn't matter for a lot, it doesn't matter for a lot of people because no. you can't use it. <laughs> well, they are, re- they are retrospectively applying for a license, which right. is apparently difficult to do. 
Especially when you measure the course be. wrong. <laughs> yeah, so oh that was that's that's I feel that's like I feel like Brighton Marathon's fucked up before on something big and I can't quite remember what it was about, so I'll have to do a bit of Googling after this, but I'm pretty yeah. sure there's been another fuck up with Brighton Marathon, like not that but long again, ago. I just think with these things, when you're fucked up, you come out straight away. Yeah. And just yeah. answer those questions straight away. And even if you haven't got an answer directly, like whoever's on social media probably doesn't know about the insurance. But you say, thank you, I'm looking into it. We'll find out as soon as possible. You yeah. just, I, I just always think, apologize quickly. Because yeah. I know people say, like, you, you, know, it, you admit fault by apologizing. I don't think that's always true. But in this case, just come straight out and admit something has gone wrong. It's one of the, and fix it later. Yeah, and it's one of the big city marathons. Like, they can sort out some sort of apology and compensation or, or something. You know, they're not, they're not yeah. a small club marathon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. So our next story sounds like a dumb runner headline, but it's totally real and from the Trinidad Sunday Express. So the headline is jogging with two guns accidentally shoots himself. So it's Andrew Rahman, the president of the pharmaceutical board of Trinidad and Tobago, so presumably not a moron, finished his run and headed to his car. Adjusting his trousers, he accidentally shot himself in the leg with one of the two fully loaded 9mm pistols he had tucked into his belt. He then drove himself to hospital to get patched up and the police took away the two guns, four magazines and 69 rounds of ammunition. I'm assuming it was 70 and then one of of them's in his leg. Um, What was he expecting to happen on his run? To take two guns like that's and like, 70 rounds of ammunition. I don't know what Trinidad and Tobago's like. I don't know too much about the country, to be honest. But I know, like, in some places in America, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, people carry guns with them on a run. But yeah. I do feel like this guy doesn't know what he's doing because if I... I, I mean, I, I don't agree with that sort of thing unless you're doing it for, for wildlife reasons. Like, you need to defend yeah. yourself against a potential bear or something. But... From what I gather, the people who do carry guns, like in America, they don't—they're not shooting themselves because they know how to work a gun. Like there's, there's—I don't know much about guns, but there's mechanisms yeah. in place to stop you from shooting. There themselves. are, yeah. yeah. Like I can't imagine him adjusting his joggers and just like his shorts and then sh- shooting himself. Like, there's something yeah. wrong there. <laughs> there's something. But he had two guns. I'm like, what was he expecting? How bad? He needed a gun for each hand. That's a. I can't imagine it's that dangerous, but 70 rounds of ammunition, like extra magazines. He had extra magazines on him as well. That was, in case yeah. he needed to reload halfway through the shootout, <laughs> through halfway through his 5K. I feel like there's more to this story. <laughs> God. But yeah, he's like the president of a pharmaceutical board. So he, mm. you know, he's a fairly senior member. But a... might make him a target. You don't know. I feel like this could be ah, a Netflix, yeah. <laughs> Netflix own docu, you know, uh, docudrama sort of thing. <laughs> A shooting God. in Trinidad. <laughs> a terrifying place, apparently. <laughs> right, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? Uh, we are probably back to the short mental winter fell races. And the first one is in two weeks. And I'll be seeing Massive Keith there, which is great. That's one that is one mile up and one mile down, up about 300 metres of hill. So, you know, get your mate Jen to run a 30k, then they do that in the afternoon. Yeah, it's I know. Uh, She'll d- love that. Yeah, she needs the 30k to warm up, to be honest. Yeah, get her to do that. That'll that'll put her off running up any more hills. So hopefully for me, well, Newport Marathon in a few weeks, whatever. But yeah, some of the, the shorter, stupider races coming up. I'm looking forward to those. How about you? Another marathon next week? <laughs> I'm just going to have a bit of rest, I think. And then I need to... Are you actually? I, I need to have a bit of rest. I need to, but I need to have a rest, but I also need to run, but not a ridiculous dif- distance next weekend and not a race. You know, a bit of yeah. run walking, a bit of like 
carrying on with the ultra training for um, beginning of November. But I have got a month and I have already done a lot of long runs. So I've been doing the mileage. Like I've been doing a lot of long run yeah, training. Yeah, you have, yeah. So I, but I just need to keep up, like keep moving and not rest for a month and not do anything. So. But basically you've just been doing the long runs. You just haven't been doing anything. To be between. honest, that's how I, that's how I played. That was the issue with the Vogum. That's how I trained for the Vogum because I just didn't, ha- I, I just never struggled to do the weekday runs. So I need to start doing more weekday runs. I think get, get, get going with it. Start getting up early and get on with it. Yeah. Cool. Amy will be running. Sh- well, both, hopefully both of us running some shorter runs. Yeah. Just to make a change. So, a big episode there. And if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com. You can see the show notes and the links from this episode and all of the back catalogue, all the other episodes, as well as links to our Patreon, our merch store, and our social medias. Goodbye from us. Bye. And we'll come back to that later on. Problem with drinking tea, I wasn't to burp during the recording. <laughs> Again, there? No, it's fine. Um, our club mates were also in touch from the rhythm a few weeks ago, which is the ultra that I did. And oh, there it is. There's the burp. <laughs>